Woo, the Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star here for you. Boy, if I'm talking a little funny, not walking a little funny, if I'm talking a little funny, it's because last night, woo, I took a little trip, and man, was it a long night. <laughs> I took a little trip to Boston, to the TD Garden, to see the one and only, and you know, that gets used a lot, right? Everybody says, oh, the one and only. I use it a lot on people that maybe aren't so one and only. I mean, everybody's an individual, right? But really, the one and only, Phil Collins. Oh, man. Wow. What a show. <laughs> uh, it, it went two, two plus hours or so. I, I mean, it, it went a good distance. Uh, or well, eh, I mean, somewhere around there. Anyway, it went a while. I kind of lost track of time. It was just, it was such a, it was such a fun show. Um, I got to admit that Phil Collins is, and you know, it's weird. Okay. So I get it in the grand scheme of things. And I know I have listeners that are in their sixties. Okay. So obviously I mean, no offense by this whatsoever. Um, in the grand scheme, like I get it that 67, I suppose is kind of old, but like, I'm so used to seeing rock stars in the, like that are 67 or 68 or 69 or something woo, or something like that. And they look phenomenal. You know, I mean, yeah, you can see the wrinkles and all that, but they but they look amazing um, and they move amazing and they're just wild. You know, I, I felt really bad. Uh, Phil Collins was kind of I mean, he, he apparently had a back surgery, fucked up his foot or something while he's been on this not dead yet tour, which is a sequel to what was supposed to be his final tour, I guess, a couple of years ago, maybe. And he he had to sit down through ninety nine point nine nine percent of the of the entire uh, uh, you know performance of the entire concert. It was still amazing. He's still brilliant. Um, after the first couple songs, I think his voice kind of got warmed up. Uh, at first, he, he, I, look, I'm saying I am not saying this with any insult because I love the man. I he he looked and sounded like a grandpa, and it was kind of weird because we're talking about a guy who and there's nothing wrong with being a grandpa, obviously. Okay, I'm saying in the conventional sense, you can kind of get the get the idea here. We're talking about a guy that that's that's put out some of the sexiest songs ever. You know, I mean, like really sexy, energetic, youthful songs. I mean, it's one thing if like Chris Christopherson or you know Willie Nelson or whatever. You know, when they get old, they're or like you know whoever because you know their stuff is is pretty slow paced and all that, and it's not like something that that has this you know kind of youthful energy to it. I don't know. Like there, there was there, it seemed a little odd. At the same time, it was cute. You know, and there are some really cute moments during it. I could talk about it uh, for a good long while. I, I, I really, really could. But it, bottom line is it was amazing. He did some Genesis songs. Um, he did. Oh, man. When I mean, I, you know, I could go down a list of my favorites of his songs. I mean, a hard thing with the guy of his talent and caliber. What do you not do? Right. What do you not perform? Okay, <laughs> like that's the hard part. It's not, gee, what's our set going to be tonight? You know, uh, it's like we're going to are we going to have to pick some uh, some weird B sides or something, you know, to try and fill it out. Oh no 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 no. This guy could do a song that everyone and their mother can sing, you know, without without fail, word for word, and he could do that for four or five hours if he wanted. So there were some there were some songs that I, I wasn't terribly familiar with as much as I and I am a big fan of Phil Collins. Uh, but yeah, just a, an amazing, amazing show, amazing night. It was, it was really, really something, uh, amazing crowd, uh, amazing people. It was just, it was really, really something. Um, so yeah. And well, oh, I was going to say, so when he did in the air tonight, he stood up for that. He would not sit down for that one. He stood up for that. Now understand this, his drummer on this tour is his 17 year old son, Nicholas Collins, and this kid hammered it, man. I mean, and when you get to that drum roll, you know, the greatest, arguably the greatest drum roll of all time, you know, you know, all that. I mean, he just pounded it. It was perfect. And wow. I mean, the chills that I felt, I I mean, it was like holding on for a roller coaster. It was amazing. Um, so hell of a show. I, I was I was absolutely amazed. But that said, uh, I didn't get back into New Hampshire until very late at night. <laughs> and uh 
Uh, whew, it has been a long day, um, and I, I am honestly, I am like, I am really tired. I haven't even gotten my workout in yet today, and I am just, I am really, really beat. I am jazzed up right now on some cold brew pumpkin spice latte. And you know what? It's not that fucking good, and I wish I could remember the brand exactly that I had just purchased and that I, w- I was tasting and trying out. Uh because I, I, I don't recommend it at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm really disappointed, but I'll take it for the caffeine. You know, I'm not going to let caffeine go to waste like that. It's what really matters in life anyway, isn't it, baby? Woo! So, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, anyway, we have some great questions to get, get into, some interesting ones that I, I didn't plan that I'd ever really talk about. Um, but they're there. And uh, before I do get into that, though, uh, I know, you know, here's a funny thing. So I've actually gotten uh, messages from patrons who you've told me you you don't even listen to like some of you don't even listen to I and I I really can't like I'm having a hard time trying to grok this. I mean it's fine and I'm honored. Uh I mean it's really flattering quite frankly, but I'm trying to grasp this. But you don't listen to the Sovereign Tech Prime episodes, you just listen to all the Patreon content. And I mean I know I released the Prime episodes on Patreon as well, but you were making it explicit. The, like you listen to the Wednesday Q and A's and everything. I mean, that's awesome. Like I'm I, you cannot believe how honored I am by that. Uh but just that's strange. So anyway, uh, something I did want to let you know is that uh, Voltron Season 8, uh, we did get the announcement. I mentioned it at the end of last week's uh, Sovereign Tech Prime episode. Um, that is coming in uh, December 14th, I believe, is the release date for that. And all the episodes will be available right on that day on Netflix. Um, and I think that fits in right around when the third Godzilla film uh, from the anime trilogy of, of Godzilla uh, will come out, will also premiere on Netflix. And so I'll be able to do that review. And also Volume 3 of Voltron Legendary Defender, the comic book, uh, should be wrapped up by then as well. So we're going to have a nice big review episode. And and really, I think I'm going to do a bit of a series wrap up uh, come December. But that's uh, that's still a couple months away. Another little update. And this is something that actually kind of pissed me off because yesterday I was so excited for yesterday. I was getting all jazzed up. I was getting ready to go to Phil Collins, the whole thing. Um, The Commodore 64 Mini was supposed to come out yesterday. Uh, I mean, technically it was released uh, on October 9th, 2018. But then I get this notification that, oh, yeah, we're, we're out of... Like, I pre-ordered it months ago on Amazon. As soon as they had the U.S. version for pre-order, I pre-ordered it. Even though you could buy the international version at any time and they'd ship it to you in two days. Uh, but it's like like 60-some-odd dollars more. No thanks. Um but I pre-ordered the U.S. version right away, and actually, I kind of wanted the U.S. version because I was hoping I had heard some criticisms of the hardware, like the joystick and some other things, and the software um, when the international version came out, which was months ago. And and a lot of people were then saying, hopefully, when they do the U.S. release, they'll fix some of these issues. So I was kind of hoping that these issues would be fixed. But this is the weirdest system in the world because, like, you can't even buy, you know, if you wanted to do any of the two-player games, you can't even buy another joystick uh, or official joystick, an official C64 mini joystick. Uh, So I don't know. Well, anyway. Bottom line being is that I got annoyed. They said it was like temporarily out of stock. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I pre-ordered this, you know, day one. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And then I got an email on uh, on the 9th, later on in the day, uh, actually just as I was about to get into Phil Collins, where they said, oh, yeah, uh, it'll arrive. We got an update on your shipment and it'll it'll come, you know, like maybe sometime in November. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like it's not like this thing doesn't exist. You know, we know it exists. People have them all around the world. Uh, but then then I got an email actually this morning saying, OK, it'll be here on October 15th or the 16th, which hopefully the 15th. But uh, it'll be here then. And I will be doing a review in fairly short order. Uh, but I'm excited because I actually I bought um, some games because you can load your own games into the C64 mini, uh, you know, which is unique for a lot of these retro consoles. Most of them come with pre-built games, and that's all they'll let you uh, play on them, you know, technically, even though you can certainly do tricks to, to add on more. Uh, but the C64 mini was designed to where you could, and it's only like one at the, one at a time right now, but where you could put in your own software if you want to. And which is great. And I actually picked up some games uh, from site, uh, Cytronic, Cytronic software or Cytronic games, um, which is a very popular publisher on itch on itch.io um, where I am also a publisher of, of video games. And, the so there's the one um was it organism uh 
Anyway, there's one that's like the like pretty much the Commodore 64 version of a great alien game, and, and the reviews for it are phenomenal. So I actually want to like play. I mean, I know, I know, I know, I believe me, I am fully 100% capable of rocking an emulator for a Commodore 64 and doing the business on that, and I could certainly do that. But there's there's a certain joy in having these retro consoles there and ready and just a plug-in. And, you know, if, if, if I could, like, load a couple of the newer games, because people are still making Commodore 64 games, uh, I, I just... I want to do that. Like, I, I want to go through that experience. I really like that. Uh, so I'm willing to pay the price of admission uh, to do so. And I know also, uh, actually, a Sovereign Tech listener emailed me with, and I've certainly, it's been in my feed as well, um, that the Internet Archive, like, just put up an emulator with thousands of Commodore 64 games on it. So you don't really need the C64 Mini, but... Again, you're you're paying for, you know, the look, the thing is there, the experience, the kind of the bragging rights almost. Um, I just I love these retro consoles and I'm happy to throw money at them. So if I can, you know, and anyway, so, yeah, I the review for the Commodore 64 Mini, I actually plan for it to be on this upcoming episode of Sovereign Tech. This will be episode is this 298 or 299. Uh, I was planning on it for that, but that won't be happening. So that, that'll have to be another time. Uh, anyway, but yeah, just an, I was annoyed that that, you know, I pre-ordered it for so long and like I was I was kind of counting down the days. I love the Commodore 64. I mean, I, I mean, I absolutely love it. It's not my favorite computer ever. That that honor goes to the uh, uh, the G4 Cube, the Apple uh, Mac G4 Cube. But the Commodore 64 is probably in my top three. I mean, I that that machine, man, we did. We have some times. So. All right. Uh, anyway, enough of all that horseshit. <laughs> Been it's been a hell of a week. Let's just put it that way. Uh, part of the reason that there wasn't like really content released on on Monday or Tuesday, but uh, yeah, October. You know, I I say it all the time. It's like, well, you know, at some point one of these months are going to calm down, and they never fucking calm down. They just they just don't. So, well, that's how it goes. Um, okay, so anyway, uh, let's get into some of our questions for this week. We've actually got some great ones, and uh, we have a, an interesting album of the week as well that we will get into. Um, don't I, I mean this is there's one that's kind of a tech story. Actually, they're both kind of tech stories, but not exactly. Um, let's get into this uh, into this first one here. So here's the uh, let's see here's the question uh, for the Wednesday Q and A. I asked you about BetterHelp, but if I had to choose that. Uh, choose between that. It would. I'm about to ask you. I'd rather you sit on BetterHelp until next week. Have you heard about what Kokesh is up to? Okay, so I'm actually going to do both. I'm going to do both for you. We'll do the BetterHelp controversy, and then we'll also do. We'll we'll talk about what's going on with Kokesh. So Jim Jesus of the Lulberts, um, he's the one that asked the question, and he actually shared a YouTube video with me to explain what he's wondering about, or you know what what the question is about. And the video is to a guy, I think his name's Dean. He does this. I mean, he, you know, he kind of has a presence on Steam it, and has you know publishes stuff on YouTube, whatever. Um, of voluntarist Japan, and so he's all into getting donations and all this other stuff into supporting him. I I don't know. And look, if Dean or Kafka Anarchy or you know whatever, like if you're a listener of mine, like try try not to take any offense to this. Okay, I I appreciate where your heart's at and what you're going for here. Okay, but it, but there, there's there's a little more to talk about here. And based upon like the amount of evidence that you have, the screenshots and all this other crazy stuff um, that that Kokesh or at least the Kokesh 2020 campaign, Kokesh's was his presidential campaign. <laughs> so uh, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, based upon that, uh, I, mean, I mean, it looks like you got a strong case, you know, going for you. Uh, so anyway. Um, yeah. So this guy. Of Voluntaries Japan uh, has done for a few months now has been doing a few different stories and you know some of them have made I, I see a couple stories here that you know made a hundred bucks a couple hundred bucks I don't, I don't know how, how like the whole spread works exactly on on steam it but uh, at least not anymore and I don't give a shit because steam it is shit but uh, yeah so anyway like like he he did a, a post which is uh, kind kind of interesting where he's quoting that that Kokesh effectively said that for his Kokesh 2020 run political run that he that that libertarians and anarchists should more or less I mean I'm not reading the exact quote from Kokesh but that they should put down their ideology or at least make it secondary and the important thing is that 
Kokesh gets in office that that or that this this political run is successful. And so if you're the one of those libertarians or anarchists or voluntarists, right, or voluntarists, however you want to go with it, if you're one of those people and, you know, you're the type that thinks, well, you know, politics doesn't do jack shit like, you know, politics doesn't solve anything. And dare I say, engaging in electoral politics is, you know, like straight up unethical, right? Which I, I would agree. I mean, I, I think engaging in uh, electoral politics is is unethical. I mean, like like there, there's <laughs> I, I'm not going to get into that whole argument. You know, you can get in Rothbardian arguments about that and everything. I, I'm not going to go there. But basically, I will say instead of just saying that it's unethical, well, then what do we do? Well, there's two things you can do. One is that you can get into entrepreneurship. You can do business. And yes, you can. And you can you can circumvent uh, business. You know, you or I mean, you can do business and circumvent the state and its regulations if you wish to. Uh, I mean, it, I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying that it's possible and that you can affect pretty incredible change, um, certainly outside of America, especially. And guess what? There is more to the world than America. I know that might surprise some, but. You can engage in entrepreneurship or you can entertain. And I guarantee you both either of those will do far more, especially with the amount of time that you will put into them. They will do far more than any engagement in electoral politics will do with the either the same amount of time or less. I mean, like there's just especially entertainment. That's the one, you know, or, you know, art, art and entertainment. That's the one that gets ignored far too quickly. Um, and I think a lot of people realize, especially or, or fail to realize, especially Americans, that like our entertainment, I mean, in one, if one wants to get into that, some of the movies that are made, you know, by the United States or, you know, within the United States by Hollywood uh, are some kind of psyop against other countries. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, but those movies are so subversive in other countries, especially, you know, countries where. Well, maybe, you know, people have to wear more clothing uh, than than we're accustomed to or, you know, than than other parts of the world are accustomed to and so on. Um, they're very, 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 you know, our entertainment that the entertainment that comes out of, uh, you know, the United States and a lot of other countries is just wildly subversive, you know, in other parts of the world. And I don't just mean like Eastern parts of the world, even though that East West shit's just nonsense. Um, but I mean, within the Western world itself, within the United States itself, entertainment is subversive and it needs to be. And thankfully it is. Uh, and that's just so sadly ignored. Like, I would love to see all of those crazy budgets that get put together for some kind of political action committee. OK, some kind of pack or super pack and have that go into making a genuinely great anarchist movie. And that'll do far more than any political run will do. Um, and also it can help keep these kind of celebritarian issues like Kokesh from coming into fruition because, you know, a movie doesn't have to be about one guy. It doesn't have to be about the actor and so on. Um, and, you know, we're we're in pretty dire need of some great live action anarchist action because, I mean, what do we got? Alongside night? Hey, uh, hmm, uh, yeah. So, that said, uh, <laughs> And don't give me the Atlas Shrug trilogy, for fuck's sake. What the hell did they do? <laughs> Such a great opportunity. Porn companies should have made that shit. Anyway, I've talked about that before. Okay, so regardless of all that, um, talking about, about uh, you know, Kokesh here. So, um, yeah, uh, his, you know, the, like these these critiques that voluntary, Voluntarist or Voluntarist Japan is making against him seem pretty valid. And I think there's there might have been some critiques also uh, about uh, funny things happening with funds being raised. And so on. I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot out there. And certainly over the years, you know, I've been in this Liberty thing for uh, for a while now, actually going on about a decade. Um, you know, I mean, I didn't move to New Hampshire a decade ago, but you know, come October 28th, it will actually be seven years uh, since I've been in New Hampshire. But, you know, I was into the whole libertarian stuff, uh, you know, for some, for a few years before then. And yeah, so, you know, I've been around and I've seen all these different things go on. Um, I mean, there's been plenty of claims made of it made against Kokesh himself. Uh, he is engaged in and he is directly quoted and provably quoted saying just some of the most just just 
horrible, horrible things, uh, especially about women uh, and or maybe a particular woman and so on. Um, You don't need this. You know, you don't need any stupid shit that he's saying on his political run to know to stay the fuck away from this guy. Okay, and to stay far the fuck away from this guy. You don't. Uh, so anyway, this Volunteers Japan guy is is, you know, kind of cutting his teeth, making a name for himself on really going after uh, Kokesh as a celebrity, you know, with Kokesh being a celebritarian figure and Volunteers Japan no knows the term celebritarian. You know, he uses that himself. Uh, I mean, not to describe himself. And he says that's not what he's trying to be. OK, so he's just kind of going after this guy. And I get that. Or he's going after Kokesh and, and trying to highlight, hey, there's a problem here. And, you know, maybe maybe Voluntarist Japan w- thinks that funds are being allocated incorrectly within this whole liberty thing. Uh, maybe he thinks that they should be going towards like he has videos about where he wants to uh, forward unschooling in Japan and so on. And, you know, the, all of those are, I'm, you know, sound like very noble pursuits. I don't know if this person's qualified to be pushing them, but regardless, noble pursuits. Uh, I, and I'm not knocking Volunteers Japan at all. I mean, it, it seems very clear, like he doesn't, he doesn't appear to have like a massive audience whatsoever. And his points from my initial perusing seem fairly sound, but apparently the Kokesh 2020 campaign uh, sent, you know, uh, uh, InfoSec professionals, hackers uh, in, in the malicious sense uh, after him. And, you know, I guess the, whoever they hired, um, whoever the Kokesh 2020 campaign hired, who was hired supposedly by a guy named Ben Farmer, who at the time was running the Kokesh 2020 campaign, um, I mean, they're looking to even potentially bring on physical harm to this Voluntarist Japan guy and so on. Um, this is, I mean, you know, the reality around this, I mean, Voluntarist Japan seems to have quite a bit of evidence pointing at this. And he apparently got contacted by the, I, I suppose I could link to the video. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, based upon my res- how I'm going to respond to this, I don't know that that's really necessary. Okay. Because... You know, do I believe that Adam Kokesh would hire, um, you know, malicious hackers to go after somebody that is slandering him? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think he'd do that. I think just about every celebritarian. I mean, I I have yet to really meet, you know, unless you're going to. There's maybe a couple guys who have podcasts that, you know, are at scale with mine that I would say I don't think that they would do this. Okay, Um, but I don't know that that any of us would consider ourselves celebritarians like I don't know if Jake DeSillis would consider himself a celebritarian or not or whatever. Okay, guys like that. No, they wouldn't do that. Every other person, anybody that really gets labeled celebritarian, um, I I don't think there's anything they wouldn't do. I I don't put anything past them at all. Uh, You know, misuse of funds, whatever that means. Uh, Hiring hackers, honestly, hiring hitmen. Um, all kinds of things. I, I don't put a single hiring mercenary teams that's happened um, by celebritarians. I, you know, I don't, I don't put anything past these guys. Okay. Now where I want to go with this. Okay. So, I mean, so, so there, that, that's what I think is going on there. And if you were like, if you were in any way engaging with Adam Kokesh, I mean, I've already talked about Kokesh in the past on Wednesday Q and A's, like, just don't bother. Okay. And I don't talk about, well, this is a point I want to get to that. I don't talk about these people anymore. Really? Um, but I mean, just, if you, if you think political solutions, electoral political solutions are a solution, there's a whole other conversation to have that has nothing to do with the problems around celebritarians. Okay. But what I really want to talk about here, okay, is well for, all right, let, no, let me bring up this other point first. This, you know, if this sort of thing is happening where within this whole Liberty thing, Celebritarians or libertarians are hiring other libertarian hackers or whatever to go after other libertarians and so on. Okay, these are bad actors that do not have the resources of a nation state, or at least we think they don't, uh, you know, unless. hmm. But anyway, they do not have the resources of a nation state. They do not have, uh, you know, they're, they're not the NSA where they have access to all of these like, you know, Uh, secret zero-day exploits or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it points out that even within such a small community, you need, don't trust people. You need to have your shit shit locked down. 
which is why I think it's beneficial that, okay, you're using a Google account. Well, you know, don't, don't just throw up your hands. It's like, well, I'm using Google and I'll just trust Google, blah, blah. No, Google wants you and they even give you the tools to have, uh, you know, especially if you're an activist. I mean, they, they use that in their own terms. Granted, I don't think they're thinking about anarchists and libertarians, but whatever, um, you know, where you can get the advanced protection program for your phone and you can get their Titan key that has, you know, two, really solid two-factor authentication. Um, or you could be using YubiKeys on your other accounts and so on. This just points out that, look, just just in, in your everyday interactions with your local friendly libertarian community and note the sarcasm, you know, you need to have your shit locked down. OK, you need to engage in the, you know, because it's funny because I get so many emails from people and I really do. I get so many emails where they're like, well, look, we're all fucked. The NSA, you know, has this zero day, has this exploit, has this bug that they're going to, you know, whatever that they're going to take advantage of. I mean, you're just you're screwed. Yeah, but look, the NSA isn't the only enemy out there. You've got guys that potentially, you know, if if, if voluntary Japan is if all this is absolutely real, you know, you've got people within your own community. that are going to come after you. Just for you arguing about, you know, in the in the arena of ideas, which should be a completely peaceful and wonderful thing. So lock your shit down. And and that's why I still bring these things up, even if, OK, it's not going to work against the NSA. It's I, I say this all the time on Sovereign Tech Prime episodes. It will work against your run of the mill hacker. And I guarantee you. <laughs> I mean, like, can I think of names of people that I know of in, say, the Liberty thing that might have, you know, the kind of skills to do what Volunteers Japan says was going to be done against him? Yeah, there's a couple of names that come to mind of people who who supposedly can do this sort of thing. Um, but even that becomes questionable because if they can if they can really do like a variety of damage to somebody, you know, uh, with with, you know, with a cyber attack of some kind. OK. Um, you're not supposed to know. <laughs> like you don't know about that. They don't talk about it. You know, that's the first rule of hacking. And that's how you know whether somebody's like, you know, really that level of hacker, you know, black hat style, the whole thing. They I mean, if you know that they are, they've either been caught and they've had to admit that they are or they're lying to you because nobody talks about that. Yeah, or I mean, nobody that actually has those skills, it fesses up to it. They don't admit to it. They don't talk about it because it, it makes you a fucking target. You're literally one of the most dangerous individuals on the planet. If you can do this sort of stuff, you keep your mouth shut. I mean, that's why you get these journalists that have that can at least speak, uh, you know, the black hat hacker language who are the representatives of a lot of this stuff and why they become kind of the figureheads and become important because and I'm not talking about me. Fuck, I'm not talking about me. OK, I'm talking about your Barrett Browns and so on. OK, because, you know, like the black hat hackers themselves, they can't come out. They can't. Otherwise, their activism, what they're trying to do, you know, and fuck with the state and whatnot. I mean, it's over. So, I I mean, and yeah, there's companies you can hire to kind of do this thing that are out there that that are somewhat known. But I don't know. It, like, I mean, but that just gets to the problem that if, if Kokesh 2020 has that kind of money, like, well, look what they're doing with it. What, what in the goddamn hell? <laughs> so anyway, so lock your shit down. OK, use all the tools, even if you think that it's a tool somehow that, well, fuck, the NSA could get through it. That's all right. That the NSA is not your only concern. The CIA is not your only concern and so on. There are other people you need to be worried about. OK. Now, um, I, I mean, and, and if you hadn't attended like pork fests for years where people were having Bitcoin stolen from them, if that didn't highlight it for you, I don't know what else would. But here's just another case, I suppose. OK, so. The other point I want to get into, I used to do this. I used to, I used to get into the, like these ideological battles. Okay. And I would use sovereign tech as a platform to get into these ideological battles with these honestly ideological asshats. Um, I don't really do that anymore. I make jabs. Like someone got mad at me about making a jab at Ron Paul. Okay. I made a jab. Someone got mad at me about making a jab, you know, Tom Woods. Okay, I made a jab. You know, I'll make I'll make jabs on these things uh, at times just because it's kind of annoying. And the people that like I, I kind of want to hear, you know, they'll, they'll know what I'm talking about or whatever, I guess. Uh, or, you know, my whatever, my character of the Golden Stallion uh, <laughs> consumes me for a moment, I, I suppose. But here's the thing. Like I was saying earlier. 
um, you know, I've been in this Liberty thing for a while now. And I mean, if it was a job, you know, it'd almost be long enough to get a serious, a senior position or something. And I don't want one. I'm not saying I have one. Okay. Um, and, and I've seen every little scandal and every little bit of horseshit and every contradiction that, that so many of these celebritarians and everything have engaged in over the years. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. Like you pointed out, like Voluntary Japan here is pointing it out. Nobody gives a shit. His YouTube video's got 35 views or something. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, okay, on Steemit, he made a couple hundred bucks of points. And I, I mean, maybe that's something I, I don't know what it takes to, you know, I'm not entirely certain what it takes to get that and so on. But I mean, first off, you know, <laughs> that's like five and five, you know, knocks on him for, for, <laughs> look, no offense if you're a listener of mine, but like, come on, Steemit, really? Anyway, um, there's there's just, you know, there's no point. I mean, you, you can at least I don't feel that there's a point. I don't bother with it. I am. And I, I know this is cliche. I know how many people get to this point and they start saying this shit. But like, really, I am too busy building my own world, you know, building my own life, doing my own thing. Really, to you know, to bother with with these people anymore. You know, and I and I know, look, I know not not necessarily Sovereign Tech is at its most popular now. Okay, as far as like listener numbers go. Right. However, Sovereign Tech was probably at its most passionate where people were really, really passionate about the show when I was attacking these people. And and you can go to my YouTube channel and I some of those I posted years ago. Some of them have a lot of listens where I have dug into these people and ripped into them and so on. Um, I just, I have no, there's no rhyme or reason, perhaps there shouldn't be, but there's no rhyme or reason, like, you know, saying that, <laughs> I mean, this is the easiest example that I bring up all the time, you know, people claiming that they're voluntarists and they vote, and it's like, wait, you know, it's pretty clear that you don't do that. Like that, that that's not a part of being voluntarist. That's why they came up with, that's why they started using the word voluntarist in the first place, because libertarianism got co-opted over and over again, but you know, into voting and so on. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I mean like getting into these ideological battles, like I bring it up, I talk ethics based around things, but I'm generally not going out there looking for a foil within which for, you know, as in a person for me to attack, you know, or for me to make claims against and say, you know, what the hell are you talking about? And I mean, maybe I guess I do that in some way, but I don't know. It's it's so far from a concerted effort on my part, and I don't think that it's worth it. I just don't think it's worth it. There's I've I have not. There's only one quote unquote celebritarian that I can think of over the past 10 years who has literally been completely shut out um, of, of the community. And it's because he did something, I mean, just, just like really bad. And it was against a young gal and I mean like a young gal. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about it. That's the only guy I've ever seen that was just widespread shunned. This guy did something terrible and like, okay, you know, there's no saving here. Everybody else, no matter how much they've defrauded or, you know, how, how much, you know, how much fraud they've engaged in, no matter how many lies that they've told, no matter, you know, how much bullshit that they've peddled, no matter how much money they've taken from people with no result, no matter what, there's still a big deal. No matter how many horrible things that they've supported or claimed, um, there's still a big deal. They're still out there and so on. It, you know, like, like, what is the point? to, you know, to, to doing that. I mean, I, I, I hate to sound like that whole mother Teresa horseshit where it's, you know, you gotta be talking about what you're for and not what you're against and so on. But to some degree, there's truth that building, you know, building up you and building up your own, uh, life and, you know, as, as it were, you know, your life being your own testimony to borrow from the Christians again. I mean, that's the thing to do you know, is just like, if you can show other people how fucking happy you are and as hot and bothered as I get on sovereign tech, I am a very happy guy. Like, I mean, I really am. You know, if you can show that to people, that's what people need today. 
people don't need the back and forth of, oh, you know, you're not you're not a libertarian. You're not a libertarian. You're not this. You're not that. And I know I've engaged in it in the past. And I just I, I really I feel like it's it's a fool's errand. I mean, it can be important to know about this stuff that these guys will engage in this shit. But I mean, frankly, like I said, you know, if, if you thought that something was going to get resolved, I mean, any well, oh, boy, I see I'm starting to fall into it. You know, I just any guy that that thinks, you know, electoral politics is worthwhile. I mean, I just I wouldn't trust him, you know, because that yeah, that's just not. That's not how we change things, folks. And we know that we have evidence for that. Okay, and we also we really don't necessarily change things so much by arguing, Um, not like arguing in the like, well, I am going to have the perfect logical argument. You know, in a lot of ways, libertarians have had perfectly logical arguments. Not all of them have been, but there's a lot that are. And, you know, they've had them for decades. What's changed? Nothing. It's only gotten worse. No, I'm not blaming the libertarians for that. Okay, I blame the state. But let's just be clear here that like having the perfect argument and all I mean, like all these things, it it's it just no. <laughs> you know? The real answer is, or at least for what I espouse on my show, you know, is lock down your shit, secure your shit, have an understanding of some kind of understanding of the nature of the universe through science, okay, and how things actually operate. Um and, you know, and just go forward and and understand that happiness is that is the purpose of life. Being happy. You know, go ye therefore and do likewise. There, There is I mean, that is the entire message of sovereign tech in a nutshell. OK, understand the nature of the universe. Try to, you know, as much as we can as humans. Lock your shit down, you know, encrypt everything and and be happy. All this other stuff, you know, I mean, that's that's why that's why, like, I, I I don't really consider myself anymore. And there was a time where I did. I don't really consider myself part of like a movement or like it's even tough to. I mean, yeah, I know people still want to call me libertarian and I have lots of libertarian listeners. I have listeners that are other things as well. Uh, you know, I, I know I get that, but I just I don't identify that way anymore. I am too busy just being and I know I know it's cheesy. I know it's cliche, but it's the truth. I'm too busy being me. You know, and, and that's, I mean, am I, am I, and you know what I have to wrestle with? Okay. I mean, I'm already engaging in real talk. Here's a little real talk. I know, and I'm not saying this is a boast. I'm not saying this is a boast. I have been saying on Sovereign Tech for a long time, especially when it was a far more uh, 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 libertarian thing when Sovereign Tech was. Okay. You know, I had people telling me, Brian, you got to come up with your own ideology. You got to do this. And I've I've done whole episodes where I've said, no, I, you know, I'm not. No, no, no. I don't want any of it. I'm not interested in anything like that. But the reality is that I realize and I get your emails and I know, OK, is that to a lot of you, I'm a hero. I am not. Please, please understand. I am not saying that like where I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm a hero, baby. Ooh, you know, I, I mean, you know, I'm not coming in like Rambo or something. I don't think that way at all, but I know so many of you look up to me. I know it. And you tell me I'm not making, I'm not saying this. This is not me making this up. This is if, if I have to read all the, the emails that's that make that talk about this, I can. Okay. And I'm not talking about it to, to, to boost me up. But did, have you not been listening the last 10 minutes? I don't need to boost myself up. I don't feel compulsion for that whatsoever, but I'm a hero to people. You know, I, I really I recognize that and I'm really glad that, you know, anything I have to say or that I share or that I do is helpful to people, you know, and I've I've gotten the emails how, I've, you know, changed people's lives. I mean, I, I get it. And, I, and I'm not saying that flippantly because I am honored, OK, uh, to be a part of anyone's life in that way. Uh, like I said, the most important thing is to be happy. If I've helped you be happy, you know, my work here is done. But that's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to be a hero. I'm not trying to run for president. I'm not trying, you know, to, to do any of this stuff. I'm just being me and I'm just doing what I want to do. What's fun for me or what I consider important to get out there. That's all I'm doing. I'm not trying to be a hero. I'm not, I don't want to be a celebritarian. I don't, you know, I don't want any of it. 
But at the same time, yeah, I mean, does it feel good when you affect change in people's life like that? Does it feel good when people, you know, uh, express, you know, that they 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 appreciate you, they love you, that they, uh, you know, how, how you've impacted them and how important you are to their life and so on? I mean, that's of course that's that's absolutely wonderful. I get why that feels good. I understand that feeling. Okay. Um. Eh. And, and, you know, but then at the same time, like there's the part of me that's like, you know, don't let it get there. Don't let it get there. Don't don't let that get to you. Don't blah, blah, blah. And I mean, you know, and I'm telling myself that that all the time that while in one sense, yeah, I mean, it's a great honor to be a part of people's life in that way. In the other sense, you know, <laughs> that's the road to hell. And I don't mean hell in the good way. So and, and that's not me saying that, you know, you need to stop sending in your emails like that or that you've offended me or something. You didn't. You've honored me beyond words, beyond the words that you even shared. OK, but that's. Yeah, you know, but the thing is, is that there's not enough people that get behind a mic that are talking about that, that are that are that are really out there saying, hey, hey, hey you know, I'm just doing me. Instead, they're really, yeah, they're, they're trying to be, I don't know, some kind of celebrity and they have some kind of, I don't know, lifestyle obsession or something. And so when you decide to fuck with that, when you decide to fuck with the reputation that they're trying to build and so on, will they hire people to do something about you to shut you up? Yeah, maybe. So anyway, um, wow, that, that, that went a lot longer uh, than I expected <laughs> because I did want to get into, you know what, I I will save the better help question for next week, but I think it's a very important one, um, and I want to spend a good amount of time on it. Uh, so, so, you know, in the interest of keeping this within an hour, we won't get into the better help thing, um, but I will talk about that next week, and I do have some, some things, a lot of things to say on it. So, but anyway, yeah, there, there you go. Like, just, I just don't engage with these people anymore. And I espouse what I believe. I espouse how I think that the universe works. And that's what I've got, you know. And, and if someone wants to get offended by that, and I know people have, celebritarians included, you know, <laughs> I'm just doing me. And I think that, that it should be seen as, you know, wow, somebody's got problems. If, if they're, you know, if they're really going the, on the attack on somebody who is just expressing how they think, you know, uh, and well, anyway, well, I, see, because then it sounds like I'm knocking Volunteers Japan. I, I, I don't know. This is this is the whole thing. This whole thing with movements. Just just drop them. Drop them. Get out of them. OK, you just be you and you be fucking amazing and you be nothing less than fucking amazing. And I guarantee you and you put out there, you know, what, what's how do the people say it? You know, put out your truth. You put out your truth. And I guarantee you the fucking world will change. It has to. When someone is a force of nature, merely from being happy from inside themselves being happy and from them putting out, you know, their, their creativity or just, you know, helping people or doing the great work that they do, whatever it is, you can't help but change the world. When a great engineer designs a great fucking car or whatever they happen to design, it changes the world. And it's all from you just doing what you love and, and I don't mean like in the, that gets into problems, but you get my point. But in doing your passion, in you just, just doing what makes you happy and just being happy, change happens like that. You don't have to engage in anything else. You don't have to bother. You just do you. You don't have to join some political party. You don't have to join some kind of fucking movement. If you want to move somewhere to hang out with other cool, you know, people that 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 think like you, okay, that's something. But that's wholly fucking different than, you know, trying to run for office or, you know, trying to become some kind of trying to become a thought leader. Like I said, I know I get described as one as well. I was not trying nor was it my desire to be any kind of thought leader. I just, I'm hearing all these shows. There's all this, there's this new thing called podcasts out there. It was fucking amazing, you know, and this, you know, very, this distributed, not necessarily decentralized, but this distributed, you know, uh, media going out there that could be entertaining and informative and all that. And I am not hearing 
what I, you know, how I think about things or how I feel about things. I'm not hearing about it. So I picked up a mic and I put myself out there and my ideas and that's all. And that's the whole reason I do this thing. Has it in some small ways changed the world? Has it changed people's lives? Yeah, I know it has. But that wasn't the intent. Be very afraid of people where that's their intent. Be very afraid. Watch out for them. The only thing they need to be telling you is to be you, to do you, to be fucking incredible. You, you alone. Anyway, so let's get onto a fun subject that we'll get into our album of the week. Uh, because, God damn it, I want to get into my workout. See how that works? You know, I want to get into my workout. I want to do me. I want to be the best goddamn me that could possibly be. Not enough of us have that desire or drive. I could have, get into a whole conversation around what it takes to have that drive, but that's another conversation for another time. Okay. Be self-interested. Don't, you know, I mean, don't, don't be, you know, selfish and self self-centered. Those are where like, you know, you're, you're being self-interested to the point that it harms others. You don't need to do that, but being self-interested fucking do it. And when you become self-interested at what I think are and healthy is a subjective term and a problematic term. When I think you become self-interested at healthy levels, horseshit that guys like Kokesh and whatever else and any other celebritarian do, it just kind of falls away. So anyway, but I appreciate I didn't know about any of this. I mean, like, that's the thing is that I really like I, I don't pay attention to what these celebrities, celebritarians are, are up to anymore. So I appreciate the question. Um, I'm not mad about the question getting asked at all. Um, and I don't mean to insult anybody hearing the sound of my voice or any, any patron anyway. Uh, so, you know, if I did, I apologize because really I don't ever want to insult the patrons. You know, I love you. So anyway, um, okay, let, let's, let's get into a, a fun question here. So, and th- this is another short one. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll hit this. <laughs> Stallion, you're locked in a closet for the rest of your life. Woo. <laughs> Am I alone? I think I'm alone. There's one arcade machine in there. It can be any game. What's the game? <laughs> That's cute. Uh, so <laughs> kind of reminds me of Tron, uh, you know, where, where the well behind the game was actually the closet. Right. And that's where the laser was in Tron Legacy. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, if it could be any game, like it doesn't actually have to be an arcade game. I, I think that's kind of the gist you're getting at. I'm guessing. Um, I mean, if it had to be like an actual arcade game, that would be bad. And I'll explain why. Because arcade games are not designed to be long. Okay. So, you know, if it's for the rest of my life, like that, that's, that's not going to be okay. Nor are they usually designed for a lot of replay value because they're designed to move. You know, they're not not every or at least they used to be designed where there was a lot of replay value. You know, you think you're Pac-Man's or some others like that. Right. Uh, or Miss Pac-Man specifically. Um, but now, like they are kind of very, very specific experiences and very controlled. And to make them a really like, wow, experience, um, they do have to be very controlled. And there's not a whole shit ton of necessarily of replay value. Um, if I did have an arcade game, I, did I talk? I think I talked about this at some point. I think when I was talking about the PlayStation 2 or. At some point, I was talking about this. If it, if it had to be an arcade game, it'd probably be Rush 2049. Um, that If it had to be an arcade game. Because that, I think, would have some replay value. But if I'm alone, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's there's computer cars in that, so maybe. That, that That's a really... that Boy, that's a damn tough call. <laughs> um, I, maybe Soul Calibur? No, no, not Soul Calibur. Anyway, so... <laughs> all right. So if it could be any game... You know, then obviously I would pick something that has a little more, a little more meat to it, uh, something with a little more strategy and so on. Um, Tie Fighter would be an easy pick, you know, and I've I, I mention that game all the time. I don't think enough of you have played it yet. At least I'm not hearing from you that you have, or maybe you all already played it, and that's why you're a listener to Sovereign Tech because we all grew up on Tie Fighter, and it all led us to this mentality. I could believe it, but. <laughs> Uh, TIE Fighter would be a very, you know, the 94 game, uh, computer game, TIE Fighter, which was a flight simulator, uh, which was the number one Star Wars game, actually, that uh, Rob and I listed off in 
um, the September Star Wars update, which, boy, the October Star Wars update, are we going to get into some shit? We, there is so much news to talk about. The Mandalorian. I mean, talk about exciting news, right? Like, you know, Voltron Season 8. Oh, baby, we got a ton of news for the the Star Wars live-action show coming in 2019, and it's all going to be about a, a man, lone gunman Mandalorian. That, that's exciting as hell, which is apropos considering that, that in fact, that announcement came well after... Um, a Wednesday Q&A where I was asked the question, what's my favorite fictional language? My favorite fictional language is Mandua or Mandalorian, depending upon how you want to say it. Uh, but but Mandalorian, the, the language that Karen Travis came up with uh, for, you know, for for the, those people. Um, and yeah, so really excited about that. So anyway, um, TIE Fighter. Yeah. So Star Wars update for October is going to be great. Uh, but TIE Fighter. Yeah. TIE Fighter would probably be the really easy pick. Um, the, but I'll give you a couple more and the other one would actually be a uh, super Dune two, uh, Dune two, the building of a dynasty is kind of like for a lot of people, it's, it's thought of as the progenitor, like it's the original real time strategy game. And in a very real sense, I think it is, uh, Westwood studios would use that format and just about every, real-time strategy game afterwards would use that format i mean not all of them but a lot of them where you know resource collecting and so on and it's all based around dune you know the the frank herbert novels uh it's it's easily one of the greatest games of all time um i still play it i install it on every computer that i ever get that becomes any kind of daily driver for me uh i play it nonstop to this day i've been playing it since i was barely into the double digits i've been playing uh dune 2 i mean it's just that great of a game um that's one that i would take now dune 2 has like it's been expanded upon there's kind of been mods of sorts uh with varying degrees of how well they've worked out um super dune 2 is a popular one where you add in the sardaukar uh, you add in the Fremen, you know, it adds in like other other playable, uh, not races, but other playable houses, I guess you could say kind of races. Um, and now there's actually Dune Legacy, which uses the files from Super Dune to to create like a more updated version of the game. And that's a beautiful thing. Uh, so if I could take that, that would be an easy pick. Uh, in fact, it would be a hard pick. Be- Honestly, it would. It'd be a hard pick between that and TIE Fighter, because I think Dune 2, you I mean, you could just play over and over again. Like you, you could keep going through, you know, and you could take on computer battles and they'd be randomized and so on. I mean, that's a game that, that doesn't have to end. Um, you know, that said that, that does make me think of, of another classic actually by paradox interactive, like uh, Europa Universalis four. I would, that that's another one maybe that I would pick because that's one that you could just, you could play for the rest of your life. I mean, you really could, um, tremendous game just too too huge and especially if you get all the expansion packs holy fuck you know i mean they still make expansion packs for that game there, there's no point they they should never release europa universalis 5 just don't bother because you've got a winner with that between that and crusader kings 2 you just you have you have such an amazing winner there uh which that also brings up age of empires another great one to you know that i, I could play forever um but really so i'm going to give you kind of a top three really the other one that i would choose in all this would actually be SmackDown 2. Um, SmackDown 2, as in the WWE game, this was a PlayStation game, PlayStation 1. And, I mean, any within the series would be fine. Now it has a new name. Now that, you know, eventually it turned into SmackDown versus Raw. Uh, then it turned into WWE 2K whatever year, you know, 2K19 or something. Um, those games are just infinitely replayable. And the especially, you know, the amount of matches that they put into them you can choose from. And then the create a character, even in SmackDown 2, even in the 90s, way back, right? <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying that. But, you know, way back, even with SmackDown 2, the options for creating a character were just so you'd spend hours just doing that, you know. And so I, I could totally see myself doing that you know, like for the rest of my life, if I'm locked in and I'm just there to play the game, uh, one of those three, really, it'd be, you know, Dune 2, TIE Fighter, or, or I think SmackDown 2, one, one of those, one of those of the bunch. Um, it's kind of, interesting. even though Dune 2 is really only Dune 2, just out of a technicality, it's not really like a sequel to a Dune 1 that was, that was anything like it necessarily, not necessarily. Okay. There's a lot of different games called Dune. But it is interesting that every game I chose was the sequel to or was the second sequel or 
the first sequel, but the sequel within a series uh, and the number two within the series. Um, I didn't do that on purpose. I just noticed that that was uh, that was the case. So, okay. Um, anyway, let's get on to our, our next uh, or our last bit of business for this week's Wednesday Q&A. Um, and that is our album of the week. Now, this album of the week is one I was waiting for. I could argue I had been waiting three years for it because it is the sophomore album. It is the second album by a synthwave band that or group or you, you never know how many people are involved in these things. Uh, but a, a synthwave outfit that I think was instrumental, no pun intended, was instrumental in popularizing synthwave itself, uh, that being Gunship. And Gunship, their first album, which is just self-titled Gunship, is a brilliant album. I mean, just a brilliant, brilliant album, especially the first song on there is is just a masterpiece. Um, they finally came out with their second album. Again, that came out in 2015. It's now 2018. Um, their second album, Dark All Day. Uh, I bought it as soon as it was, you know, on Bandcamp. As soon as it was announced, I was on top of it, even though I could just listen to it in its entirety on my Pandora account. I want to support the artist, okay? Even though I download tons of music and blah, 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 when I can actually support the artist and I know they're getting somewhat of the cut, I am there to do that. I am there to give them money. Um, and Gunship, you know, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I bought this without even listening to it. I didn't even, you know, I didn't even get like in ahead of time. I'm like, no, I'll just wait for it to come out. Because, you know, when, when you're pushing out an album like that, when you're doing an album, I want a band to think about the order of the songs i want them to think about it as an album and i know that's not exactly a popular thing to do anymore but i feel like gunship kind of does do that and so i want to experience it as an album not so much as just a single uh i i mean sometimes i will listen to singles before they you know before an album drops um but if i can if it's not like that if it's not that kind of music where i need something that's like that kind of intensity and just going to inspire the fuck out of me and i can't wait to dig into you know I, i'm not going to do it so anyway i experienced this as an album on the whole uh it opens up with a track called woken furies which looks like it says woken furries but <laughs> but anyway and it's it's phenomenal it's brilliant um this is great synth wave stem to stern start to finish you know there's some odd what 13 tracks yeah 13 tracks and ends off with gates of disorder maybe the second best song on there woken furies number one i think gates of disorder might be the second best song on there um there's it was a drone racing league is one of the yeah the drone racing league uh, there's it's pretty much track for track some of it gets a little repetitive at points but this is a solid synthwave release honestly that i needed because uh, it was a dance with the dead and the midnight. Both of their recent releases were not horrible, but they were just kind of disappointing. They're kind of meh, eh, you know? And so I needed like a great synthwave album that I could listen to, you know, front to back and gunship delivered on that and kudos uh, to them for doing so. Um, I, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful album. Um, I totally recommend it without, without any reservation. Uh, the first song is brilliant, but the whole thing is just very heartfelt. I mean, it's kind of a slower one. Uh, drone racing league gets a little darker. Uh, you know, there's nothing like, it's not like perturbator where there's anything that's really intense or kind of like action packed. I would say, uh, but that's okay. Synth wave. I'm often looking for the slower stuff. I mean, you get some saxophone in here, which is really what matters. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Um, I did want to review the new Steve Perry album this week, but you know, we'll get in gunship. We'll get in Steve Perry next week. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out uh, dark all day by gunship. Just great. 13 tracks you know, to totally worth it. However you listen to it, if you do Spotify or if you actually buy music, um, I didn't, I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen it on the torrent sites yet. Uh, but yeah, just, just a, a totally worthy listen and we'll give you a really great night feeling like you're back in the eighties. Cause who says we ever have to leave our favorite decades. So anyway, <laughs> that's it for this week's Wednesday Q and a, um, you know, if I said something to piss you off, like I always tell you, email me, you know, we'll talk about it, you know, send me a message. And, and and we can do it back and forth. Or we have our live hangout for October coming up in the next uh, week or so, couple weeks. Talk to me. Let's ha let's hash it out, you know. And and you know you don't have to walk away. Maybe you can convince me differently. I mean, you're you're not going to convince me that politics is worthwhile. But 
you know, or that it's even ethical, but you can, you know, convince me otherwise of, I don't know, maybe, maybe somehow you can prove that this person's actually on the up and up or that, damn it, we should be in the Liberty movement, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, make the case. I'm willing to listen. I'm actually, I'm believe it or not. Well, this shouldn't surprise you. I'm a very open guy. I cover such a broad range of subjects. I take in so much information. It's because I'm, I'm genuinely an open guy. Okay. So you can let me know, you know, I, I think, I feel like often, too many times I have patrons that are just like, oh, I can't stand this guy anymore. And, and they just go away. And that's totally valid. I mean, I can't stand me, but <laughs> not for as much as I put content out. <laughs> you know, I don't think I could listen to myself, but, uh, you know, try, try making the case to me first, you know, and, and, and let's see if, if, you know, where, where we can meet as far as that goes. So, all right. Uh, that's it for your Wednesday Q and a for this week. And, uh, of course, a lot of other content to come out uh, this month. I will see all of you on the other side.